0: Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Alan Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Office 365 focused IT security professionals. Each episode, we talk about a specific topic in the space. This week is episode 12 of season three. We're going to have a chat around the new Microsoft Intune suite, a set of tools that can help enhance your device management and support capabilities. Hey Alan, uh, how are you doing this week?
1: Hey Sam, I'm not doing too bad. It's been a busy, busy week. It seems like every week is busy at the moment. How about you? Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we 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 do generally seem to uh, seem to say that, don't we? Uh, I've had a uh, a good week. Um, I think that we we've got some prep coming up for the Microsoft Secure event, which I believe is next Wednesday. Is that correct? I think it's next Wednesday. Yep, that's right. Um, So, yeah, so a new event for Microsoft. So that'll be interesting. Um, And apart from that, um, yeah, it's just been, yeah, very very busy. But spring's here, which is good. So that's nice in the UK. Okay, Alan. So um, Intune, uh, the new Intune suite. Um, I'm going to be asking questions to Alan uh, because Alan is... Definitely closer to Intune than I am. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, and there's yeah some new um, capabilities here and a new licensing um, licensing skews. I'll say that. Um, yeah. So let's let's jump right into it. Um, so, Alan, uh, what is the new Intune suite and, um, and what does it include? Well,
1: the new <clears throat> the new Intune suite is uh the new sort of um well as it says the add on to the Judy premium Azure D premium um engine uh plan 1 um so this is the first uh i think this is probably the only product that doesn't have a plan 2 with it with extra enhancements so it's finally got it so the the engine suite is in effect um uh, includes um, Intune Plan Two, which we'll talk about, um, which has uh, Microsoft Intune uh, Tunnel for MAM, Mobile Application Management. Um, that Plan Two also has the Microsoft Intune uh, management of special uh, special speciality uh, devices, um, and then the suite then includes, uh, along with the P2 uh, Remote Help, which we've seen um, for quite some time as well as um, the new Endpoint Privilege Management, Advanced Endpoint Analytics, and uh, two new capabilities that are coming in uh, this year um, that aren't out yet, which is uh, Advanced App Management and certificate, Certification Management.
0: Wow. So, so Intune is really sort of, you know, expanding its capabilities from just sort of one piece of technology, right? We're getting like a whole... Uh, as they've called it, a suite, uh, you know, group of of, of products here and features.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, with, plan, with Intune Plan 1, um, there was, you know, tons of capability in there and uh, there's so much that you can configure in there that, you know, it's been out for, well, at, uh, at least like, I'll say six years in the new portal, five, six years in the new portal um, before it was in the uh, the Silverlight portal. Um and that capability has just grown and grown. And now, you know, from a sort of mobile device management or, you know, app protection policies, uh, MAM side of things, um, it's, really, it's really mature now. There's a lot you can do. but still still improvements as technology, you know, as Windows changes, as Mac, you know, the operating systems change and the controls can be added. Um, but it's moving with the technology now. Um, but I think quite a lot is there. And now they've got this enhanced sort of, um suite of tools that can help with all the sort of extra bits on top of the the, you know, the standard uh device management
0: yeah it sounds great so should we should we go through some of those um capabilities um i think one that you you mentioned was remote help um what does that sort of feature
1: so remote help is the ability to in a as it sounds um remote um the uh, the endpoints the Windows endpoints so this allows you to have remote access so in this world where we're hybrid working or you know full remote now um, this gives the ability to be able to um, to you know in effect to remote the machines and you know give support directly um, previously um, there was an integration with um, TeamViewer um, app um, but now Microsoft brought out their own. Um, but you know, team and some of the, you know, um, I think log me in and other products like that for remote support, you know, potentially you can bring it all into, you know, one product now. So, you know, imagine the devices and now you can off, you know, just go to the device and go, you know, request you know, remote help, or you can say, give remote help in it. They go through that same process. So it's very similar to that. Um, it will also be coming to, um, Android and Mac in future releases and eventually, you know, iOS and probably the other platforms. Um, but yeah, the, 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 kind of good things about this is that it has to, um, it validates who you are and who's remoting in. So it's not just, um, here's this number. I'll, uh, help desk wants to connect kind of thing. It's going, Hey, this is Alan from say, we'll say ITC secure and, you know, he's a senior consultant. Um, he wants to have access, so you can you can almost validate the identity of that person as well, because they have to come from a you know a tenant. So it's not just um you know ID I, you know, Alan or anything like that. You know you can actually prove that the other person is the real person because that's obviously a a key part to um, potential attackers getting in, isn't it?
0: Yes, yeah, so you're you're taking away a sort of attack factor for spear phishing then aren't you? Right, you know because. If you're, if you haven't got a, um, just thinking like quick assist, right? We'll just use that as like the simple example. You use a code for that, don't you? You pass somebody a code, and you know it, it could well be that you know that could be taken advantage of, couldn't it? I'm not saying it's inherently insecure, but it does re- rely on you know the person who's requesting the assistance, um, definitely understanding that they're giving that code to the right person if that makes sense. So this fully integrated solution definitely sounds, yeah, a positive step in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's based on quick assist. I think I've not, I've not tested it out myself, but with the the recent upgrades I've seen of quick assist and things like that, Um, I think it's part of that. Um, So it's just building on that technology it, and just securing it a bit better.
0: It makes sense because it's part of every installation, right? There's nothing else to, that technology's there, I suppose it's just the way that you, you know, request access to it or, you know, um, gain access to, to, to that functionality. So that seems great. Okay. So, um, another item that you, you mentioned was endpoint privilege management. Um, uh, that kind of sounds a bit familiar to me in, in a different we might have done an episode on something slightly similar in a different space <laughs> do you want to take us through that
1: yes yeah, so this got released this month as the suite sort of got released um it's slightly later than the suite being announced <clears throat> but this is a, this is a really cool feature i well, i think it is anyway um this allows um in in, in traditionally say you had um developers, I'm going to say developers, developers, IT admins, um, people that maybe need, um, want to have local admins, they have to install their own software because they're unique. Um, and some of those scenarios are valid. You know, if you're building, I'm I'm guessing you, when you're doing development, you've always got to update your latest version of code and it might not be, you know, the standard software that you have to install. Um, there may be some applications that require admin access because, because that's the way they're designed. Um, this in effect allows you, you've always, well, you've always got to have that decision when you build a device, especially as you join joined devices, um, where you've got to decide whether the user is going to be an admin or a standard user, and then you can't change in effect that without doing some, um, using, um, some of the Azure AD roles to in effect elevate that person sort of, um, but this in effect gives you that ability to elevate a user on an application and they can request access. So you're right Sam this is kind of took going back to you know privileged identity management sort of this is this is just on the endpoints now. Um so this means that um so you've got an app you need to install it. Um previously if you were a standard user you had to um try and run it and it would say you no know, you need admin access and then you have to call up the help desk get a ticket um wait for them to remote it remote in do that update then leave you for you know that's it it's all done that's all great and then maybe like two months down the line you've got to do a, you know, go and update it you've got to do the same process um this basically allows the user to either do it themselves so self in effect self-approval based on um i think you can base it on um the applications themselves um but i have to confirm that because like i said it is pretty new um or they have to request access and it goes to the Intune portal and then you can approve it. And every time you elevate, you've got to give your justification. You know, why do you want to elevate? So that's all audited as well. So I think it's really it's a really good idea to reduce that um, local admin on machines scenario on Azure AD join devices and reduce that attack. I guess it is an attack attack factor, because they you know, in effect, if someone tries to compromise the machine, the user just local. There's no way to elevate.
0: Yeah, that's because I suppose when when you're talking about making the decision about whether a user is an admin or not, your permissions creep there is kind of crazy, really, isn't it? Because you you can effectively do whatever you want, you know, whenever you want, right? Which is is good for flexibility, right? But in terms of you know, sort of control and you know, um, you know, permissions creep it's not the best, you know, best solution for that. So what what I like about this, in and it's kind of the same reason, you know, privileged identity management PIM, why like PIM is so powerful, is because it allows you to gain access to these privileged roles and it does inter interrupt your user experience, definitely, because you have to go through the process. But it's definitely better than having to, as you say, like, raise a ticket and then, you know, bother you know, uh, somebody from it or, you know, as an example, you know, you know, and like you say, it might be that, um, certain users, you know, um, you know, all users are in scope to be able to, you know, um, elevate up, but some require some a self, you know, um, self-justification and others need, you know, um, remote, remote approval. Right. So it, it seems, It seems amazing to to me, right? It seems to stand out like, you know, definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, thinking about, you know, when do you actually need um, local admin rights? You don't need it twenty four seven. Even with, you know, I can't see it most times. There may be some scenarios, but generally in your day-to-day, apart from maybe, you know, installing that piece of software that you need to install on your own hardware um, or updating an app or
0: something... I, I I only I only think that the only people that could some some developers could could argue against that, and only because some development software does require you to run as an administrator, right? But but if you could elevate into admin for say eight hours, right, to do your work, you know because right, it might not be that every single day you need okay. to run that software, right?
1: You know. So, so I believe it's on launch of an application that you do it. So, if you launch an application, you stay in it all day, then okay, you don't yeah. you don't lose it kind of thing. It's only on yeah, launch, and, I think.
0: Yeah, because because you know, for let let's say you needed to run like um, PowerShell ISE in admin mode all day. Let's say that's you know that was your use case, right? But you've also got to think about all the other processes that you may not want certain users to be able to actually run, because you're saying it's on a per-application basis, right? So it's like you know you've 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 gone through self-elevation for uh, PowerShell, and then you know let's say another random process spawns and it goes to elevate to admin. Let's say that's a malicious process, then then that can be captured, can't it? Right, because you're going to be you're not just going to get, you know, um, what's it called? Like the screen that pops up, um, you know, to do the admin. Oh, I can so the,
1: it's one. the uh, yeah, it's UAC, you know what I mean? like, C, isn't it? It's the UAC prompt.
0: UAC, the UAC prompt, yeah, <laughs> right? So it's not, th- this I'm guessing is an enhanced UAC prompt, right? Which is like, you know, UAC, oh, and now we want you to provide justification for what you're going to do, right? So, So, you know, it's not just a case of, you know so to, so to me like that that doesn't seem like that much of an impact to somebody's day to day like you say if you can do it and do it can you do it for 8 hours is it the same as pim i
1: i don't know if it's time based or where it's application launch based i don't, we'd have to double check okay so the way the, the the scenarios i've seen is that they launch an application and then it asks you to give you justification and things like that it's not an essay can okay. i have admin for 8 hours sort of thing so the idea is, is, actually, it's even it's potentially better than that because it's saying, I need to go and run this PowerShell script. I mean, I mean, one good example is that the we talked about Quick Assist, and recently um, the Quick Assist was moved into the store, and the update recently, or I say recently, a couple of months ago, if not a bit more, required admin access to actually update it. Now, IT admins had to go around and update it for users because it needed elevating. Even you know, even um, I think it was Windows updates couldn't even do it. It needed admin. This would fix that scenario.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. It sounds like a great, uh, a great, a great bit of functionality for sure. W- well thought about, definitely. Yes. Um, okay, so another another area that you that you mentioned was um, advanced endpoint analytics. Kind of sounds quite obvious from its name, but (laughs) can you take us through that?
1: So this is a a sort of step up on endpoint analytics. And if anyone doesn't know what that is, um, in effect, you can get some, um, as it it sounds, analytics about the endpoints um, into Intune as part of the P1. And this gives you um, uh, information like what's the, the average startup time for all your devices um, does this device have, you know, what's this startup time for this device? Um, how many crash? is there any crashes on the machines and, and things like that. So you can easily um, understand a user experience um, with their devices. You know, is it taking, you know, a minute to boot up? You know, what's the, re- you know, then you can start investigating. And that's been really good because then you can see, well, actually, um, you know, all of the, um, all of this, you know, this model have got problems. Maybe it's a driver problem. Let's go and you know, check it out, sort of thing. Um, but the advanced analytics, in effect, gives you the ability to then scope some of your analytics, your, your sort of your your analytics, um, so that you can specify into different groups. You can say that maybe you've got like a finance team, um, so you want to see how the finance team's um, applicate, you know, devices are working. Maybe you know the 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 execs, the you know, the C suite. You'll make sure that you know their machines are running. Uh, super fast, so they don't, um, you know, log calls and things like that. Um, not saying that um, they are, um, uh, yeah, not um, not as um, what do I say? Uh, <laughs> concerned careful, about out. how fast <laughs> that stuff is. Um, but um, yes, yeah, so you have got stuff like that. Um, you can also um, it also sort of detects uh, anomalies as well. So this is looking at, you know, the health of the device is actually okay. And then all of a sudden it starts like, you know, all of a sudden the machine starts, you know, being slow on boot, like I said, or this application starts to hang. It will then give you that sort of Intel about how, you know, what other devices are seeing the same problem. Is it a certain, you know, manufacturer or, you know, model, things like that. So I think that's kind of right. It's, it's, it's kind of being a bit more proactive with your support at that point, you know, detecting the problem before it happens. Um, and the other part to it, really, is just an enhanced timeline, so you can see um, even you know uh, devices um, sort of um, statistics for a longer period of time. So you can see that you know that you know, maybe over the year you can see it's got it's improved or it's de- you know degraded maybe, um, so that sort of stuff. So yeah,
0: yeah, that seems great. And it's um you know um, I like the idea of preventative maintenance over reactive. You know maintenance for sure, right,
1: yeah, definitely I mean it's always yeah, as you said in in the world we're in today where everything's remote and things like that, you know trying to pick something up before someone's devices um causes you know a problem and you have to go to go out to their device as it's died um yeah, you know, it might be a a quick trip around the corner, it might be across the
0: country, yeah, or even across the world, right, it's, yeah, it's yeah. It's crazy. Okay. Um, another area was uh, Microsoft um, Tunnel for MAM.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, this is sort of an add-on to um, the Microsoft Tunnel capability that you can get with um, mobile device management. This is actually bringing a lightweight version to mobile application management capability. Uh, I think, uh, ability. So this is um, you know, bring your own devices, in effect, bringing a, a Microsoft Tunnel to it without any sort of install, which is quite an interesting one. So this is, uh, as Microsoft kind of say, it's like a micro VPN um, to connect to corporate resources. So this might be, um, you know, maybe you've got Outlook or your your Microsoft Office tools, um, or even actually Microsoft Edge, um, being able to access um, internal resources directly. So maybe you've got an internal application um, that's a web-based app uh the intranet, the the um the support desk system. I mean, maybe it is you know maybe you can only access it when you're on the, the network. Um this allows you to basically use those URLs and then go over this this lightweight VPN tunnel just for that application those applications to your corporate resources, which is the next sort of the next step I guess in MAM that and bring your own device because really you know the only way you do that is by running a VPN and you don't really want to run a VPN on a personal device because everything goes via the corporate network. So there's a whole privacy scenario and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, if you have to, you know, guarantee, you know, maybe you're regulated or under a compliance framework where you have to guarantee secure connectivity to, you know, data, right. I can imagine, you know, with it's a challenge to have the flexibility of bring your own in a highly regulated you know field potentially mm-hmm. so so being able to you know attest that you know there is vpn capability built in at the application level mm-hmm. not the operating system level right is like yeah. you know pretty powerful in terms of you know privacy and security right you know because we we already see those those uh, microsoft applications being sandboxed you know completely isolated on the devices right now this is how that, you know, that, that environment then punches out back to your environment, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've been in scenarios where the, um, in, in previous lives where the application was on the, you know, on the store, um, but you had to access, you know, had to in effect connect to the back end system, which was, you know, on your corporate network. So you had to have VPNs for the whole device, things like that, this. This makes that easy. I mean, yeah. you don't forget that with mobile case management, you can integrate that technology into any application as a developer. So if you have got a um, third party you're working with um, and they've got MAM capability or you can request it, because I think it's only, I, th- I say it's only, um, I've never looked at it, but I think it's an SDK that you can in effect add to it, which then enlightens the app, um, which then allows it to be able to be signed in and things like that. So adding that you know, piece of technology into your app then means you can in effect have that tunnel um, if you've got the licensing. So I think that's really, yeah. really, I, I, I see, I mean, I don't see any uses for, for me um, cause we kind of are quite lightweight, but definitely for like field workers um, and things like that, whether, you know, they're, they're out and about and maybe they don't want to carry two phones. they have only got one phone and organizations are trying to save maybe some money um, by bringing, bring your own. Um, definitely a, a a good way to bring, uh, cost savings as well as bringing, you know, security to those applications.
0: Yeah. Cause, cause bring your own is, it, it must be much more popular on the mobile side, right? Because, you know, um, the assumption, it the assumption that somebody else would have a smartphone, you know, um, you know, is, is probably a lot higher than somebody, you know, going and buying a personal or having a personal laptop or device you know to actually do bring your own on an endpoint right so this is this is the next stage in that evolution of that sandboxing isn't it you know and um and like you say if you could if you could um trade you know the capital expenditure of a mobile device plus the ongoing you know um uh you know sim cards and data costs and all of that sort of stuff you know i i I don't know what the average cost of a you know a yearly cost of a device is plus provisioning it and all of those things right and delivering it and x y and z you know it must be hundreds if not hundreds and hundreds of pounds even with cheap or cheaper android devices right so yeah yeah i mean take that all out of the picture don't you
1: yeah, and there's also the the stance of, um, and then this is my view of it anyway, is that when a user uses their own device, they look after it because they don't want to pay out for another one. <laughs> when when yeah. they have a corporate device, they tend to look after it. But if it breaks, if I drop it, yeah, mm, it's it's you know it's it is what it is sort of thing. You know, there's there, there's less. Um,
0: it's not your responsibility is it that device correct. yeah you know some yeah and
1: if it dies I, I either get a new one or i won't get another one you, you know whatever it is sort of thing you know when, when it's your personal device it's uh oh that's it it's gone so hardware seems to last longer um with less issues sort of thing so
0: yeah and i guess i guess in a, a smaller organization you have well in most organizations you have the issues of like you know if you're an ios user and you're given an android work phone and mm-hmm. if you're you know, an Android user and you're giving an I, you know, an uh, iOS device, right. You know, you, you've you not only got your personal preferences in terms of what you want to use, but also learning and understanding how that device works, you know, and how to, you know, maybe the security impl- implications of different types of devices, you know. Um, so I think it's, if it, it feels like a much more positive way to keep people on devices that they know and understand. And like you say, um, not tarnishing everybody with a brush, but, like, that they will respect more because, you know, ultimately it's their responsibility, you know, um, the condition and, you know, um, uh, of that device. So, yeah, it, it definitely seems like a, you know, a complete win because then your only like IT like overhead then is the actual apps themselves working, right? You know, if the phone doesn't update the latest version of Android for some reason, That's not a help desk ticket at that point, is it? You know, you don't have to worry about the, so you don't have to worry about like the TVM and updating it and patching it and all of that sort of stuff, right? You just stick conditional access on it and like job done, isn't? Is that basically? Yeah, I
1: mean with with yeah with mam you can obviously add some checks around the uh, the 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 version of um, Android and things like that, so you can do a at least do a sanity check on it to make sure it's you know close to up-to-date and things like that so at least that you're not trying to run it on a two or three year old android um sort of thing um but just going back on the sort of um people look after their devices um it's kind of a slightly off topic but um it's the same thing with when you do um zero touch deployments when you send an iphone you know, for example we send an iphone directly to the user and it automatically when they turn it on it says right you're welcome to you know, company a please sign in and there you are it's that first sort of it's just come out of the fresh box and you've then they have that feel of like well i've got just got a brand new device i need to look after it as well rather than it being something that's like potentially seems like second hand just because it have opened it kind of thing so it's not doesn't feel new
0: yeah no definitely Okay. Um, another area was um, advanced app management.
1: Advanced app management. Yes. So this is one of the ones that is coming this year, and it's suggested that it's going to come in May, twenty twenty three. Now, this is very interesting, and I say that because obviously within Intune you can you know deploy applications, things like that. Um, but this this advanced app management is being able to. Um, automatically patch third-party applications on, I believe, just Windows initially. Um, this looks at um, you know potentially vulnerabilities in the in the software and being able to auto patch it. So I think there's going to be a tie-in, possibly, with Defender for Endpoint, so that if something is flagged as um, you know having vulnerabilities or being out of date, then you can flag it in Defender for Endpoint to be patched by Intune as quick as possible sort of thing. Um, that's what i believe or what i hope is going to come. Um, but yeah, bringing out automatic patch third party software is going to be a big thing for for windows. It's it's you know it's the hardest thing to do to keep up with it. you know there are tools out there but this is being bringing it into you know one one place again, you know deploy you know deploy um, adobe reader and then it to make sure it's up to date for you it's gonna be brilliant it's gonna be great <laughs> <laughs>
0: um management of speciality devices so this
1: is a bit of a weird i, I don't think it's a weird one but I was, I was trying to understand what it meant by by that what uh speciality devices um it turns out it's it's everything um but a but a pc and i say that because it's talking about de- devices like, um, you know, you, your large smart screen devices, like thirty inch, you know, over thirty inches in size. So your smart TVs potentially, your augmented reality and virtual reality headsets. So I think it can actually uh, manage the Quest Two and the Quest Pro. I don't know in what way, but to check its software, and make sure it's up to date, so you can actually manage it that way. You know, it's talk- this is around conference room devices um yeah so and it's just you know all, all your audio conferencing stuff your wearables your potentially your apple watch maybe i, mean, I don't even know how that would how that's going to work but yeah
0: well i suppose if you th- i suppose all of these we'll call them like iot ish devices let's call them like sp- they're not IoT. Speciality devices, right? Yeah. <laughs> like a Like a VR headset, for instance, right? Yeah. So we've obviously got the MetaQuest Pro, haven't we? Which has got the full, I think even Microsoft were part of the keynote with its integration with Teams, right? So I assume, is that a replacement for HoloLens? Don't know, right? But if we think about those residing in the enterprise, they do kind of need to be managed, don't they? Because effectively, like a MetaQuest Pro is like a computer strapped to your head, isn't it? With a <laughs> s- set of screens. You know, it's got advanced, like, capability. It's got cameras. It's got ports on it. It's got, you know, the ability to... You know, because my assumption is, is you know, if... It, if one of the you know uh, new working like practices is to use a vr headset all day to do your work you know how do you access your email how do you access teams you know how are those devices managed are they compliant things like that i suppose so management of them must be quite a challenge because you've got maybe multiple or even tens of different vendors right so so I assume devices that do they have to support intune I assume they have to be like intune certified or or something like that I don't know how that, that would work
1: right? yeah I, but I yeah I don't know
0: so maybe that's a play there to 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 grab these specialty devices that would traditionally be managed by the actual vendors themselves but bringing them in as part of intune right and keeping them there so that you can actually observe them right you know, maybe just from a TVM perspective, you know, is your MetaQuest Pro on the latest version of the software? Because the last piece of software had fifteen high severity CVEs on it. You know,
1: yeah, I I guess that um, my you what know, well, Intune has always been able to manage the um, the Surface hubs and things like that. You know, first first party side of things because obviously they're kind of based on Windows anyway. But you know, they are they are first party. This is probably yeah. bringing in that you know third party hardware into it into yeah. the fold. Um, well,
0: yeah. Well, Microsoft, you know, with with my work on Defender for IoT, you know, they they do like really push the point that you know these I'll call them speciality devices slash <laughs> IoT devices are almost the most dangerous in the enterprise because they sit on networks that have important assets on them and they are generally m- managed manually or just completely forgotten about you know static assets just sitting there uh, waiting for you know to be attacked and used for lateral movement you know in the organization you know you have so- and you have some devices that are connected that bridge multiple networks and things like that you know we've we've seen it with like av equipment that bridges multiple networks you know and it's like that's kind of scary, you know, from from those 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 types of devices. So, but this this seems like a different class, like above IoT. It's like sm- well, speciality devices, like TVs, because <laughs> cause traditionally, like TVs have been part of like enterprise IoT, haven't they? But like, if you could, if you if you bought a smart TV that was integrated with Intune. Because it is effectively just an Android box, isn't it? It's 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 effectively are, like a yes. massive Android TV. Well, yeah, there's different operating systems, obviously, but some are like just massive tablets, aren't they? You know, so why wouldn't you manage it in the same way as you manage a tablet?
1: Yeah, even know. just gathering, even just gathering the the information, isn't it about it, so you can understand your risk and things like that as well. Um, yeah, yeah, actually lock- yeah. yeah. Do some lockdown on it is is a bonus, I think. But being able yeah, to see just like, the, the raw data,
0: yeah, t- traditional like network based stuff, and like even Defender for IoT, it's it's looking at the outside view of a. Uh, there's no agent on the actual IoT device, mm. right? So this might be a play in that speciality space because there is the ability to maybe put an agent on it and to to actually MDM it. I don't know. I don't know, if it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Uh, definitely. Okay, and then um, cloud certificate management.
1: Yes, this is another interesting one. So this isn't out until the second half of this year, twenty twenty three. Um, this is um, so if anyone's using it, and quite a few people will be um, certificates for your VPN and Wi Fi. So. To be able to do, you know, device-based or user-based certificates, you have to have a. You usually have to have a, um, a certificate server PKI, um, that's on your domain, um, and you know you use the connectors from Intune to, in effect, go and get those keys or get get the certificates on those devices so you can connect to the VPN and Wi-Fi's. But the, I guess the, the issue that's always been with that is that you've got to know what you're doing with PKIs the certificate servers, you've got to understand that, you know, you've got to keep, you know, maybe the route offline and, and you turn on where you need to renew the certificates or, you know, and you've got to make sure they're all, um, the certificates don't expire and, and all that sort of stuff, you know, from the, the roots and the intermediates. This is Microsoft, in effect, providing you that service in the cloud because you may only have a PKI just to do those VPNs and stuff and you've got to manage that heart. you know, manage that, service within you know internally um which can be quite um time consuming and quite a high risk because you know if someone compromises those certificates then they can potentially get into your vpn from anywhere sort of thing so this this looks like it's going to be you know within intune and then it can in effect dish out those certificates for you to your devices and then there be a root key or intermediate key that you can download from your portal specific to you and this is assumptions at this point um, that then you pr- provide to your VPN service or your Wi-Fi as the, to trust, you know, t- to be able to validate that certificate. So I think it's going to be a, that's going to be a big, a big help. Um, once that comes out. Um, definitely. Cause it means you can get rid of some of that, those, you know, on-premise services and start moving further into, you know, cloud managed services.
0: Yeah. Because I suppose the, the overhead of running that infrastructure on prem is probably quite high in terms of a human and resource cost, right? So, and I assume this is you know the maturity of you know distributing certificates now, you know expanding the capability in Intune to do it. Because could you could you upload a you could upload a certificate to Intune before, couldn't you? If you just completely managed it. Like manually yourself, couldn't you? They could. You
1: you can push you can push up root certificates and things like that to be deployed to the devices. But if you wanted to have a per user certificate, you had to then hook up to a PKI server and do. Got it. Okay. Um. Yeah. PKCS and uh, NDES, um capabilities to be able to pull that certificate up into in tune to then distribute to the device.
0: Right. Okay. Um, I see. Yeah. No. So that that makes sense. So th- this is this part of it is completely new functionality that was only available in, say, third-party products and on-prem before, right? So, yeah, that makes that makes total sense to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how they're going to do it, but I do wonder if they're going to hook it up to a uh, a Key Vault to, mm, to manage yeah. them. Kind of feels like the right place for it to go.
0: If you don't see it, it's probably going to be a Key Vault anyway. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, thanks for taking us through those features, Alan. There seems like there's a lot in there, to be totally honest with you. Now, it feels like, does it feel like, well, it feels like to me that Intune is now sort of, it's not just one or two, even though that to say Intune was one or two things before is probably the, pretty unfair because of the amount of yeah. functionality, you know, those, you know, because what did it do before MDM and um, MAM, right? Before. Yeah,
1: and auto, conf- you know, zero touch configuration, autopilot, yeah. device configuration. Yeah, it's loads. So it, was,
0: it was all, it was all application delivery and device configuration before, wasn't it? But now we're starting to see these like operational um, capabilities coming into Intune, right? You know, visibility, discovery, support. You know, um, monitoring. Those those different uh, types of things. It seems it seems yes, like a really yeah, good, good expansion of capability. Yeah, it,
1: it, yeah, it's in effect bringing some of the, I guess, in the background you can kind of, kind of see it as being you know enhancements to new new features, but also there's some automation coming in to reduce the amount of effort you need to, uh, you know, person power you need for it, um, to do some of that manual stuff like the you know the the advanced app management or the um, you know, advanced analytics or the 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 enterprise privilege management stuff you know. That that could save loads of time and probably will be worth you know the the cost of the the suite or the add-ons etc
0: okay uh nice segue into my next <laughs> question um and one we always ask or try to ask is so so what about pricing um what's you know uh what, what's the deal there seems like there's a lot of capability here
1: yes so there is various ways that you can get this um some people may be pleased to know that you can't get it in an E5 at the moment. <laughs> but um, so just for context, the Intune Plan 1 was around $8 a month. So that was sort of the base for all the that capability that we, we've had today. Um, so Intune Plan 2, which gives you the um, management of specialty devices and the Microsoft Tunnel for MAM, um, in that is $4. Um, you can then get add-ons for the other bits and some of the pricing is out yet because they haven't released it or it's, uh, it's coming soon. So an add-on for remote help is $3.50 per user per month. The, um, endpoint proof management is $3 per user per month. So again, you can be quite granular about who you give that to. So maybe you do have any, a subset of users that need admin. You know, not all the time, but maybe want to reduce that risk for them. So we can be quite granular with that. Excuse me. Um, And then we don't know about advanced analytics app, you know, advanced app management or certificate one because that some of them are coming soon and they haven't released it. But um, the Intune suite, which includes the add-ons plus the Intune plan two, is suggested to be ten dollars per month per user. So I think once those other bits come in, I think that's going to be killer it's going to be worth the money whether you know in large large organizations it makes sense to because it's going to be quite a, you know a large cost increase don't get me wrong but i think for the amount of capability there and time saving um and ensuring that your you know your device your applications are secure and things like that i think it's going to be I think it's going to be great
0: yeah it'd be really interesting to see if that sweet pricing changes with the extra functionality right or maybe that's why they've announced the functionality so early you know because maybe it's to sort of justify the 10 dot for people to start adopting those technologies and and springing for the suite you know because, because you still you still make a saving right if you're going to use you know remote help for everybody and endpoint privilege management for everybody it makes sense to go suite right it's cheaper yeah
1: yeah, and yeah, if you're going to have the Intune plan 2 with it, yeah, and the the Microsoft documentation for pricing does, you know, they've got like the three columns, well, they've got four columns. It's no three columns, sorry. Intune, um, no four it is four. Intune add-on, um, Intune plan two, and Intune suite. And those new capabilities as I talked about, the two new co- that are coming, were ticked under the suite. So they're suggesting yeah, yeah. it would be included. It's not like it's not talked about.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because cause if people are deciding, like maybe their yearly license cadence, right? You know, they, they might start to think about those capabilities when they're looking at renewing, right? Because they might just go, we might as well just go for Intune Suite because we're going to need certificate. You know, we want to get rid of on-prem certificate management and, you know... We might as well just go for sweet because it's going to be added, you know, this year, right?
1: Yeah, and it's great that they're doing the add-ons on their own as well because, like I said, with you know endpoint privacy yeah. management, you can selectively target your, your users that need it. And same with remote help. You know, maybe you've got users that are in the office, so you don't need it because you can just walk around the corner to them. But you've got that team in another region of the world. You yeah, let's, let's chuck that help on there, sort of thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you can. And, and Microsoft's usually, you know, to the sort of detriment of us, you know, because it gets quite complicated sometimes working out like what the best thing is for a customer. But what I do like that Microsoft does is it does give you the flexibility to chop and change. Like you say, you might only need endpoint privilege management for 5% of your workforce, right? I, it might even be less than that, you know, because you might have, you know IT developers you know because everybody else is just non admin anyway right it just doesn't it just doesn't matter so um yeah very 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 interesting and the what's what's interesting about these changes is is that except for the speciality devices everything well I still think that's a big thing anyway everything else is is so valuable like you can see the use cases straight away with them can't you right you know, they all make sense, don't they? There's nothing that's, like, odd with them, you know, so.
1: No, and I I think the specialty devices for us, because we don't work in that space where we have to manage those type of devices, uh-huh. so we don't see as much value in that as the, the other parts, because, you know, most of it, the other stuff is around securing or you know, support in IT in general, not necessarily, I mean, I've got to manage, you know, a 100 quests because i you know in a, in a team of vr or you know I've got devices yeah, that yeah. are yeah yeah you, know, uh, you know my my um you know it could be as simple as um you know you're running a uh an arcade that has these quests you do sessions or something and you need to manage them make sure up to date and whatever you know it could be as simple as that from a re- you know from that sort of perspective so, so yeah Amazing. It's, it's really it's really good yeah. i've been watching this since Ignite they they sort of announced it and the first sort of stance of it was, Oh, we've got another suite of products that we've got to pay for sort of thing. But when you dive into it you're like, actually some of this stuff is really cool and actually it will help me a lot with one security, but two, just time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, it's it seems it seems really exciting this this product. So it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, to put some of those function uh, that functionality into practice and see how valuable it really is, but it does sound like a really uh, good start for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay, then. So, thanks for everyone for listening for that. Um, hopefully, it, it caught everything we needed. Um, so, Sam, what is our next episode?
0: Okay, so I'm going to be talking around um, Azure Static Web Apps so yeah if you're um if you build um web applications um uh, that are based on sta- sort of static uh, spa and um sort of uh, technologies say uh, react uh, Next.js, um uh, angular uh, Vue.js, js um and there's there's absolutely tons of them so we won't try and go through all of them if you're using uh, that there are many um sort of third party systems to to host static web apps um but um uh, Microsoft have a an offering called uh, static web apps which is in my opinion uh pretty powerful um it's it's quite nicely integrated as well so i'll be taking us through um that 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 solution and um and hopefully it should be should should be valuable to everybody
1: great look forward um, to uh, to hearing that.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Ellen. Um, so yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do consider subscribing if you'd like to listen to more of this sort of content in the future. Uh, we have many more topics that we'd like to cover and your listens and support is what will continue to fuel the podcast going forward.
1: We also have the ability for you to give us some feedback. Did you enjoy this episode? Um, is there anything I missed? Um, is there anything you want us to go into more detail with? Um, there's a link in the in the show notes to our contact page, as well as on on that contact page, uh, you can leave us a voice message in the bottom right corner. So yeah, we'd love Thanks. to hear from you.
0: Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Alan, for your for your great explanation of Intune Suite, and um, I'll catch everybody on the next one.
1: Yep. Thanks, everyone, and speak to you soon. Bye.